Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. There comes a time in everyone's life when talk is cheap and it's time to show up to get back to the top and build a legacy. If we grind together, we can take it back. Our team and our city. This is why we play. This is who we do it for. Take it back. For tickets, go to Astros.com slash tickets or call 1-877-9-ASTROS. Greetings from Bush Stadium in St. Louis, Missouri, where today the Houston Astros play game two of a three-game series against the St. Louis Cardinals. Cardinals took the opener 5-3 to three yesterday. Jose Urquidy gave up a run, struck out six in six innings and a no decision. Michael Brantley won for three. That won a two-run homer as he drove in three on the day. But the Astros lost for the second time in their last three games. Cardinals, meanwhile, have won six in a row and 12 of their last 14. Astros 66-39, and 39, first in the AL West, eight games ahead of Oakland. The Cardinals first in the National League Central at 56-47. and 47. They're a game ahead of the Cubs. It's time for today's pitching matchup brought to you by Houston Methodist, the official health care provider for the Houston Astros, Houston Methodist leading medicine. It'll be Garrett Cole on the mound for the Astros today, and Cole has been nothing short of outstanding for the Astros, coming off a strong outing Monday against the A's, giving up a run over seven innings, 7-0 and over his last 11 starts. Yeah, he was the American League Pitcher of the Month for June, and with another strong outing here, he's going to be one of the top candidates for the month of July, too. It's, it's remarkable the way he's been pitching best as an Astro in this little stretch right now. His last 11 starts, 7-0 record, a 2.03 ERA, and all those strikeouts. Last three games, double digits. Daniel Ponce de Leon getting the ball for the Cardinals. Right-hander, first time the Astros are going to see him, and he's done a nice job uh, when he's been up in the big leagues. This is his third stint with the uh, Cardinals this year. Yeah, luckily the Astros have seen him in spring training in Jupiter. That's close to the Astros' spring training facility, so they see the Cardinals quite a bit. And De Leon, quite frankly, he's got a kind of an invisible fastball. He throws it more than 70% of the time. A lot of swing and misses uh, off of that pitch, especially against left-handed batters. Keys to the game brought to you by Honda. Visit your local Greater Houston Honda dealers for great deals in all models. Official sponsor of the Houston Astros. Well, the Astros' bullpen has been reliable most of the year, but sprung a leak yesterday. Two reliable relievers, Will Harris and Ryan Presley, both giving up home runs. Of course, Presley giving up the big three-run home run to Paul Goldschmidt, yeah. his fifth home run in his, in his many games. and Not something we're used to seeing from this Astros' bullpen. And Presley, of course, he's been dealing with 
the issue with his right knee since taking a ground ball off that knee. And A.J. Hinch saying today, Presley day-to-day. -day. Astros have a lot of quality relievers, but obviously if they're without Presley for any length of time, that's significant. They definitely need Ryan Presley, and they definitely need his legs to get underneath him because throwing a breaking pitch takes more energy than it does to throw a fastball. So he needs it to get sharpness on both his curve and his slider. And we saw last night pretty early on that he that, that pitch was just kind of rolling in there. It didn't look like himself at all. So... Uh, they're going to have to monitor that, strengthen it, do whatever they have to do. But uh, if they have to put him on the I.L., whatever they have to do the last month and a half of the season, uh, they need a healthy Ryan Presley. Coming up next, we'll go into the coach's corner and talk with Astros hitting coach Alex Centrone. And a little later, Bill Brown remembers Shane Reynolds as part of our Hall of Fame podcast series. But now this from your local station. There is no better place to spend a Friday night than at Minute Maid Park. That's when we pop the top and light up the sky. So put on your orange and head downtown. Come early, stay late, because Friday nights in Houston are always big and bright. Enjoy Friday Night Fireworks, presented by ConocoPhillips. Take it back to a different decade or theme every Friday night home game. Get your tickets today by visiting astros.com slash Friday night. Welcome back. Robert Ford joined by Alex Centrone, Astros hitting coach before the Astros take on the Cardinals here in St. Louis. And uh, you look at the way this Astros lineup has been going. First of all, getting Carlos Correa back yesterday. I mean, that was huge. A big loss defensively and also offensively not having him the last two months. Yeah, I think it's a huge impact for the lineup, especially you know, defensively. He's going to, you know, he's a shortstop in, in our team. Plus, he gives you a good offensive boost. You know, this guy's been having a good year in the beginning of the season before he got hurt. You know, 294 with 11 homers, 35 RBIs. And, and now you put him in the middle of the lineup. You know, behind Brantley, ahead of Julie, and then when Albert is coming, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how the line is going to look. You know, I can't wait to be in Cleveland. We had the DH, all the right. nine hitters. I think the line is going to be really, really long. Now, I noticed early hitting yesterday for Correa before he played in his first game back. I saw he was looking at maybe it looked like a tablet or something like that with you. I assume looking at launch angle, X velocity, things like that. Really big tool, especially for guys who are coming back from an injury to kind of just see where they're at, right? Exactly. He wants to see where he at. He wants us to see him and, you know, kind of let him know we like what we're seeing. And, you know, I told him, whatever you've been working the past two or three weeks in the Miami, just come here and take him back. And then we're going to make adjustments. We have to during the games. We'll watch you. You know, we don't want to rush the guy. He's working his way out to be here. We don't want to change anything. So we're watching his mechanics, his swings, you know, exit velocity, you know, triangle. And kind of put everything together. You know, we'll, we might make some adjustment today that we see something that we think we need to make adjustment. We'll do it. He agreed. We already seen that in the video. So this that way we work daily basis and the guys you know have confidence in us and we have confidence in them and you know, they agree in things that we show them and you know we go from there. Yuli Gurriel got off to a bit of a slow start in the, during this season, particularly when it came to driving the ball. I know when the Astros were in New York in mid June chatted with Carlos Beltran, former teammate and uh, a guy who knows a thing or two about being a productive offensive player once you, once you get to your, to your mid-30s. What are some things that a player like Yuli maybe has to look out for or be able to do being an, an older hitter? Yeah, it was interesting because things like Carlos came out to the dog and was talking with me and I told him about Julie, what he was doing. So mm -hmm. I told Carlos, can you help me and tell, I tell Julie, um, 
a couple of things. You sometimes need to use other tools, other people, and mm-hmm. really have a lot of respect on Carlos being, you know, future Hall of Famer, being ex-teammate. So what I did, I just kind of put my message to Carlos to give it to Julie, and we call Julie, and, and I say, Carlos, tell Julie what he's doing wrong, and Carlos kind of breaking down a little bit, just small sample, like, hey, Try to see the ball with two eyes, something mm-hmm. small. You know, you two turn a little bit more. The things that we always been telling Julie about. It. So we don't have to do much because Julie already know what he's doing run. And the good thing about it that we use Carlos. And sometimes I say, hey, remember what Carlos told you about your head? So it's kind of keeping him not to turn his in his upper body, just kind of be more square. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if he does that, he'll be fine because he, that, now he's going to keep the ball in the air. When he's turning his upper body a lot, he's coming around the ball and a lot of ground was happening a lot of pop-ups so I think he's in, he's in a good place I think he's going to have actually right now he's having his best year his career 20 homers I think he, he can go to 30 homers and can drive 100 runs it's going to be really interesting and special to see a 35 year old hitter yeah. um, hitting 30 homers and driving 100 that's going to be really really good and you know, having Julie maybe hitting 7 in the lineup that's going to be really really crazy just because that guy is one of the best hitters right now in the team you know, you bring bring up an interesting point, letting you know having Beltron kind of relay some information that you'd already been trying to relay to Yuli, and that's part of it, right? Is kind of understanding certain guys, certain guys hear things different ways, certain guys hear things better from from other players. Part of your job as a hitting coach, right? Yeah, yeah, that's part of the, the job, personality wise. And like Troy, it's a good one as well. He's really good at everything, and you know, at, sometimes we use our our same players. We use yeah. our players and. You know, we, we know they have a good relation with those players, and they trust them. And sometimes we just show them videos, and the, the other players agree, and they say, "You go, just go tell them." And, and you know, they they listen for another voice, and yeah. they they will say, "You know what? It's the same thing that hitting coach are saying." So they believe it, and they trust, and they go over there. And at the end of the day, what we want is like our guys to go there and produce and help our team to win ball games. You know, so we really are not jealous about that. We. We don't care, you know. We know we, it's the message going to be the right thing that we're trying to accomplish, and we're trying to work in the cage. We, we, we're fine with it, you know. Sometimes we use Michael Brownlee to help your Springer, you know. We, we know what to do to circus guy, and, and I know what kind of message they can they can give those guys. Like, yeah, I can use Julie to help Alvarez, or Dia help us a lot with those guys. And you know, it's interesting because they all trust it and they all believe it, and. They kind of like in the same page, and it's, it's been fun this year because of that. You know, the relationship and the trust that players have, it's been really, really important for our success this year as a as a as a hitting club. Alex Centrone, Astros hitting coach. Thanks for joining us and keep up the good work. Yeah, thank you. Back with more of Astro Launch right after this. It's Hall of Fame weekend presented by Houston Methodist. Friday, August 2nd, all fans will receive a replica Nolan Ryan rainbow shoulder jersey. Saturday, the inaugural Astros Hall of Fame class will be inducted. And 10,000 fans will receive a replica Astros Hall of Fame plaque monument. Get here early Sunday for an alumni home run derby. 10,000 fans will receive a replica Astros Hall of Fame jacket statue. Celebrate history during Hall of Fame weekend presented by Houston Methodist. For tickets, visit astros.com slash hall of fame. Shane Reynolds is near the top of the list in longevity for the Houston franchise when it comes to pitchers. Only Larry Durker has more seasons, 13, than Shane's 11 in an Astros uniform. Ken Force, Joe Necro, and Dave Smith also pitched for 11 years for Houston. Another Astros 
Hall of Famer, Shane Reynolds arrived with the Astros at the major league level in 1992, just when the team was returning to respectability after rebuilding. The mainstays of the rotation then were Pete Harnish, age 25, Daryl Kyle, 23, Mark Portugal, 29, and Brian Williams, 23. The Astros signed free agents Doug Drabeck and Greg Swindell after that season, giving them a playoff caliber team. Reynolds was a third-round draft choice in 1989 who blossomed in the minor leagues when pitching coach Brent Strom taught him the split-fingered fastball. He was in Venezuela the first time I met him, and, you know, he just kind of watched me, and I've always thought Stromy was a little bit ahead of the curve on some things and thinking that people hadn't caught up so they didn't, you know, like what he did so much. Now they do when they caught up. I mean, but he's been doing stuff like this. He changed me and 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 give me a, a different pitch or so and change my mechanics and it just went from Venezuela to you know big league camp you know to make it in the big leagues about midway through the next year so I, I mean if I don't meet Strami in that situation in, in in winter ball I don't make it to the big leagues I honestly believe that I believe it was against a Caracas I think uh, oh, Andres Galarraga they had some big names I mean just just about scared to death to pitch against them. Um, and it was one of those things with a certain pitch when you have confidence, like in a golf shot, when, when when you know 10 out of 10 or 20 out of 20 times, this shot at this distance, you're going to hit it within a five-foot area. That's pretty good, right? That pitch, I knew at any time it was there and I needed it. Um, and I had so much confidence in it. I wound up pitching a complete game against those guys and beating them. And it was like something just clicked. It's like, I can get these people out. I can get big league hitters out. And I think I just, it just kind of took off and just confidence and making sure going into big league camp that you didn't, you know, walk people, um, try to throw a lot of strikes, I I think really just kind of helped me, you know, make it. Shane made five opening day starts, winning in 1997 over John Smoltz in Atlanta 2-1. Reynolds' win got the Astros started on a run of four division titles in five years. He was the ace of the staff in that era. In his 11 seasons, his 103-86 and record was marked by consistency. His 100th career victory on the final day of the regular season in 2001 clinched the National League Central Division title for the Astros. Reynolds beat former teammate Daryl Kyle that day in St. Louis to create a tie in the division standings at 93-69. and First inning, J.D. Drew hits a home run off of me. And it's so funny, I've been asked this question a lot, too, at that certain time. What was your feeling going into that game? Because there was some word that you were going to pitch in a playoff game or, you know, did you want to have you pitch in this game and try to win a division? Of course, we won a division that year. We, we were division winners. We weren't co. But anyway, um, it's so funny. The first inning, I got guys out. There was nobody on base. J.D. Drew hits a home run off of me, one to nothing. And I can remember backing off the mound, getting the ball from the umpire, walking back, going, I'm winning this one. Because... I hated striking out the first batter. If I struck out the first batter of the game, I usually had a bad game. If somebody got a hit double homer or something like that, then a lot of times I usually won the ball game. So that came to me right then, and I remembered it. And I honestly walked up on the mound going, I'm going to win this game. We're going to win this. That's the only one we're going to get. And we wound up winning that game. And that was one of the things I remember a lot. People ask me about what do you, what's one of your fondest memories, and that's having that game helping them to, to, to win that division in that year was was, was, I think, uh, really exciting. The Astros were declared division winners because they won the season series over St. Louis 9-7. to Billy Wagner took care of the final out, as described by Milo Hamilton and Alan Ash. 17 ground ball outs induced for the Astros staff in this game. Bounces away from Tony just a little to the left, not far enough for a runner to move over. 
One ball and two strikes. And 15 of those ground balls by your starter, Shane Reynolds. If we get another out, we'll win his 14th game this year. In his only start and appearance against the Redbirds this year. One ball and two strikes, runner at second, two down. Pitch on the way. Tapper. Wagner. Meyer. And got him. Oh, man, oh, man, that was an eyelash at first. You know, Marrero runs pretty good for a catcher. And he showed you why right there. Wagner had to go halfway from the mound to the third baseline, fired to Bagwell, and they nipped Marrero at the wire. And this ball game and the regular season is over. Well, this will go down as a very, very big game in the Astros' history. Seventh division title now. And I think the ball club is as well equipped as ever to go on to the postseason and have success. And now it's the Atlanta Braves starting Tuesday. Shane finally remembers Larry Durker taking over as manager in 1997 and meeting with the starting pitchers. He helped us out more than more than anything at all. Um, he, he just, me and Hampton and Lima and Chris Holt, and you know, we were just so young getting started in our careers. Uh, to have a guy like Larry that had been through the process, old school guy, knowing what we really needed, which we didn't know what we needed, he just sat us down and told us, he goes, look, guys, you can't be looking over your shoulders four, fifth, sixth inning. You are our starters. We feel like you're the, the ones we're counting on. Um, if you get in trouble, don't look over your shoulder in the bullpen because I'm not coming to get you. The only way for you to learn how to get out of trouble is for me to leave you in. It's like a snowball effect. You know, you're, you're worried and you're kind of scared and you're nervous and you're, you're in trouble. If a manager come get you every time, you have no idea how to get through those processes. And he would leave us out there and you, you get through an inning and you get an out. You, you get through another inning. It snowballs the next game. You're not, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, halfway through the year, we're not worried about uh, second, third, no outs in the fifth inning, you know, up one run or tie. Game management, you know, what's the best thing you can do right here for this guy and your team to get the guy out? And I, I think that with us young pitchers starting our careers, kind of getting our feet wet, helped us more than anything you could possibly do for us. Flourishing in that culture, Reynolds pitched his way into the initial class of the Astros Hall of Fame presented by Houston Methodist. There comes a time in everyone's life when talk is cheap and it's time to show up. To get back to the top and build a legacy. If we grind together, we can take it back. Our team. And our city. This is why we play. This is who we do it for. Take it back. For tickets, go to astros.com slash tickets or call 1-877-9-ASTROS. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? 
Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 